Welcome to the Southern Ground Hunting Podcast. I'm your host, Parker McDonald, and this is episode number 33. Today, we are talking with my buddy from Tennessee, Mr. Joey Bell. We're going to talk about all, the, all kinds of different tactics and strategies for hunting turkeys in the spring. I know you guys have a lot of questions, and so hopefully this will answer some of those. Hope you guys enjoy the show. All right, guys, thank you so much for tuning in to the Southern Ground Hunting Podcast. As I said, this is episode number 33, and we've got a really awesome episode for you today. We're talking with my buddy Joey Bell, who is from Tennessee. He is the state chair for the Backcountry Hunters and Anglers of, uh, of Tennessee. And, man, this guy is a turkey killer. And I thought it would be really cool to have an episode where we just talk about all kinds of different tactics and strategies associated with turkey hunting. I've always felt like every turkey podcast I've ever listened to was, it, it all kind of felt the same. It didn't really feel like there was a lot of tactics, a lot of strategy talked about. And without fail, every time I'm in the woods, there's something that happens and I'm like, man, I wish there was something to, I wish there was something I could listen to to tell me how to hunt in this condition or, um, you, you know, just questions like that. And so I compiled a whole list of questions for Joey in this episode and he answers them. Uh, to the best of his ability, and man, I thought he gave some great answers, some really, really good stuff talked about uh, in this episode, but I'm going to make this really quick because as you can tell, my voice is not all there right now. I've been really struggling with uh, like an upper res- respiratory in- infection, and uh, I feel like I'm talking about an octave lower, but um, so I'm going to make this super quick, but before we get into the episode, I want to uh, take a moment to give uh, a huge thank you to our partners, first off, at Onyx Maps. Couldn't do what we do without them. I know so many of you guys are using them, and it is absolutely... If my phone dies at any point in a hunt, I feel super lost. Like, I, I don't know how to get where I'm going. Um, and part of that is poor woodsmanship. The other part is I depend so much on Onyx Maps to uh, to get me where I'm going. Um uh, so thank you to the guys at Onyx Maps. We appreciate what you guys are doing. Uh, looking forward to some new things coming from them as well. Uh, big thank you to our buddies at Tethered, at New Breed, and at Go Wild. Now, New Breed, as you guys know, you can use the code, all one word, all lowercase, Southern Ground, and you'll get $50 off of your entire purchase um, that is a minimum purchase of $8.99, which is a bow. And, uh, man, we just are so appreciative of those guys and the awesome th- stuff that they're creating, the innovation that, that Kyle Knoll has at, at New Breed Archery. Also, check out the sister company. It's called Bow Works, where they're hydro-dipping stuff. They're doing um, anything. It doesn't have to be a New Breed bow. It can be any kind of bow, any kind of gun, whatever you want. I know a lot of guys are doing uh, the Tethered Predator platforms as well. So, Make sure you check that out. Again, back to Go Wild. You guys, if you are not already on Go Wild, if you're not already a user, I just want to encourage you to become a member of Go Wild. So all you got to do is go to wherever your apps are are found on a smart device, on a smartphone. Uh, I use an iPhone, so I go to the Apple Store, search Go Wild app, and, and you'll find it. Download that, and man, just be open to a whole world of outdoorsmen and women who are like-minded, who are doing the things that we love to do. And and you can network with people, you can build relationships with people, or you can just see really cool stuff. And that's for anybody. If you're an outdoorsman of any kind, if you like to camp, if you like to hike, if you like to hunt, you like to fish, you like to cook wild game, anything you can possibly think of can be found on Go Wild. So we're going to be finished with this intro right now. hope you guys enjoy this episode with Mr. Joey Bell. All right, guys, on the line now, we have Mr. Joey Bell of Tennessee. Joey, how's it going, buddy? It's going great, Parker. How are you doing today? I'm doing I'm doing exceptionally well right now, actually, and I'll tell you why. Um, right now, in my sink, I have got some fresh wild turkey meat thawing out because I'm going to eat it here in a little bit. <laughs> so, and that's, that's not it's a lot. It's not quite flopping fresh, though, is it? Uh, no, it has been, it's been frozen, but only because I had to freeze it. 
so that I could eat it today. <laughs> um, no, I shot that bird on Wednesday, and today is, what day is it? Monday. So it's been in the freezer for a little bit, mm-hmm. but, man, I can't wait. I love wild turkey. It's so good. That or too. Uh, I love it. it. I don't even know if I'd even hunt them. Uh, as much as I love hunting them, man, they just taste so good. There's there's nothing wrong with any part of a turkey. I just I love it. No. Now, let me ask you this. Are you a leg guy? Do you, do you keep the legs, too? I do keep the legs. And i tell you what I did last year with one of my birds. Uh, I actually plucked it. I plucked the whole thing. And I, I guess you could kind of call it spatchcock if you've ever heard of that. Okay. But, uh, what I did was I kind of started filleting the breast out. All the skin is still on it. Just plucked all the feathers and took the guts out. I started filleting the breast out. And, uh, instead of just cutting the breast off, I just kept going down, you know, down all the way to the backbone, uh, got around the wing and I kind of popped the wing out and then went down and did the same thing to the, to the leg quarter and popped it out. So I basically had a turkey half with uh, three bones in it. You know, the breast was boneless, and then I had the one uh, bone in the wing drumstick, and then thigh bone and a leg bone. And I smoked that half a, half a turkey, and oh man, it was so, so good. Really? That sounds awesome. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's making my... I'm, I'm, yeah. I, it, I'm jealous. I should have done that. Uh, I, I did it. I think it was uh, the last bird I killed last year was a Jake. And, uh, I just wanted to try, you know, Jake, Jake was a little smaller than a big old gobbler. So yeah. I was like, man, this may be perfect to try to smoke one, throw it on the smoker. And, uh, I did and, uh, smoked it. I rubbed it down with a dry rub and, uh, I brined it for a day or so beforehand, but then I rubbed it down with a dry rub and then I stuck it on the smoker for a while until it got up to temp. And then I stuck it in the, uh, I stuck it in the oven and got the skin nice and crispy. And, uh, man, it was so good. Dang. I'm going to do one uh, like that this year for sure again. That sounds really good. I, that was my, my first time ever cooking. Uh, well, I say that, and I've said it on several podcasts now at this point When since we've been talking about turkeys. I grew up in Texas shooting Rios, and I just almost don't even consider that a part of my turkey hunting career because they were so much easier <laughs> to – they're so much easier to kill, man. And, like, you just set up over a water hole – and you can pretty much kill one pretty easily. So, uh, and then you can also shoot them during during deer season too. So, um, uh, my first ever bird that I killed, I shot with a thirty out six right in the chest when I was like uh, twelve years old. <laughs> so at ten yards, it was like super close. I was sitting up in a tripod, and this joker walked out, and I shot him right right in the chest. So there wasn't a lot of meat left on that one, um, but. Uh, my first Eastern was a I'm Jake. Surprised the, uh, I'm surprised the rifle just didn't zip through it and just make a little pinhole. Yeah, you would think, dude. No, it like, <laughs> it, it, um, yeah, he was, he was dead on the spot. He wasn't going anywhere. It was, uh, it was rough. Um, I've learned, I've learned a little bit since then, since that time. But, um, so I guess it was, when did I shoot my first Eastern? Probably five years ago, maybe. It was about five years ago when mm-hmm. I when I first started hunting Easterns, and uh, my first ever bird was a Jake, and uh, everybody everybody told me like, man, that's going to be the best tasting bird you could possibly kill, and so I did all kinds of research, man, trying to figure out the best ways to cook it, and I ended up doing a thing where I put it in the oven, and I had some wine with it to break it down, and like it was almost like a lemon flavor. It was good. I I couldn't tell you exactly what it was called now, mm-hmm. but it was so good. And I remember saying in that moment, I was like, yeah, this is, I, if I could tag out on, I, I might rather tag out on turkeys than deer just as far as having meat in the freezer. Cause that stuff is delicious. Um, I have yeah. not, I haven't got my wife to quite love it yet. Like <laughs> I was thawing out that meat a while ago and she was like, <laughs> yeah, you can, you can keep that. Cause I don't, I don't really want any. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, but but well, dude, uh, I, I'll tell you, I'll tell you a tip and, uh, one thing I went through that same thing with my fiance, you know, before we met, she, she never had eaten any kind of wild game or anything like that. But one thing she did like to, she always liked was ground turkey and she'd bite out the store all the time. Mm-hmm. And so what I've started doing with a, a couple or two or three of my birds every year is, uh, just bone them out and, uh, and grind them up for ground turkey. 
And uh, I think that's a really easy way, to, especially girls. Girls are always liking, you know, ground turkey and, you know, all kinds of healthy stuff. Mm-hmm. So, you know, maybe next time grind one up, you know, we have a little KitchenAid grinder is what we used. And uh, we ground it up and packaged it up, and she uses that ground turkey and a lot of stuff. Man, that's a and good we idea. we have ground like that. But, uh, you know, she loves the ground turkey meat. Now, do you put do you put any kind of fat in it with it, or are you just pretty much just using just grinding the turkey by itself? We just uh, ground the turkey by itself, and you'll know a difference. You can see a difference when you cook it if you ground a domestic turkey or turkey out of the store. Okay, I mean it, the domestic turkey is definitely it's a little get it's got a little bit of fat of some kind in it because the wild turkey when you grind when you grind it up and you cook it, I mean it gets it gets kind of dry. Yeah. So you kind of got to watch that, but it's good and chili and soup and oh yeah, anything else. I wouldn't I wouldn't patty it out, and make a burger out of it. Sure. Yeah. But it's uh it's good and everything else. Man, I need to I need to do that. I've actually got a grinder. I may I may do that. So some some of the meat uh, from this last bird, um, some of the pellets kind of hit it in the chest a little bit, and so um, there's a little <laughs> bit of bloodshot on it. But uh, I'm I'm still planning on eating it. I don't really care. Uh, that much so 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 let's talk about that you you've got uh joey i saw that you were able to kill a bird was it last weekend on the on opening day of tennessee season yeah i got real lucky our season opened up on the 30th i believe it was that saturday last saturday of march now, and uh, I'm gonna, i got one that afternoon i'm gonna interrupt you real quick okay because because you mm-hmm. said something right there that I, I'm gonna totally disagree with. You said you got lucky, but dude, I was following along on the BHA. So I, I guess I haven't mentioned that I met Joey through um, through the BHA. You uh, are a I don't even know. Is it like a, a what's your actual title with BHA for Tennessee? Oh, uh, I'm the uh, Tennessee State Chair. Okay, uh, I kind of represent. Tennessee for the Southeast chapter. Right. So, so I met Joey through, through BHA and, um, at a, a Ronda or a, a pint night is what it's called. And, um, and we got to talking about turkeys and I was, I mentioned, I was like, dude, we got to get you on the show. You, you love turkey hunting. We, we need some people that love turkey hunting on the show. <laughs> um, so I was following along with you cause you took over the BHA Southeast chapter Facebook page last weekend for opening day. And I totally disagree with you saying that you would that you got lucky because on those Instagram stories, you were pretty much calling your shot um, saying, you know, midday birds, this, and I'm going to go check this out because of this. And like, it was, it was pretty clear. Like you didn't just get lucky. Like you knew what you were doing. So (laughs) proceed. (laughs) Well, I I appreciate that, but I still call, I still call a lot of hunting luck because those birds, they didn't have to be in that area that time. They could have went, they could have totally went somewhere else. But, uh, no, I, uh, I really enjoy an afternoon hunt. And, uh, in my experience in the past, especially I was able to move back from Tennessee or move back to Tennessee in 2015. And, uh, I lived up North for a little while and didn't, I didn't hunt as much as I do now. But once I got back to Tennessee, I was able to devote a lot more time to hunting. And, uh, I just started, you know, hunting anytime I could. And a lot of times, you know, when I got back, like everybody else, I was like, well, you know, when can, when's the best time for me to go hunting anymore? And everybody was like, oh, I'll go in the mornings. And there's never any talk of going hunting in the afternoons. And I'm like, well, you know, I'm not going to limit myself to just a morning hunt or just go try to roost one in the evening. If I go out, I'm going to try to kill one. And yeah. I just started getting that mindset. Like if I'm going out, I want to try and kill something. Uh, that's, sure. you know, and that was, that was just a goal. So I started, you know, hunting in the afternoons and anytime I could, and yeah, they weren't as vocal and it was a totally different scenario than in the mornings. But I found out the, that the turkeys I did encounter, the gobblers I did hear, I mean, they would respond to calls a lot easier. And after a while I got to figuring out, well, these hens would leave them, you know, in the middle of the morning. And uh, they'd go nest and everything else and leave the gobblers alone. So the be- it was a best-case scenario. And there were toms roaming around without any hens. So that was that was pretty much it. Yeah, so, and, that, and that's, that, that's kind of the, the main reason why I wanted to get you on today is because that's very much so turkey tactical talk. 
and um, and that's what we're going to do in this episode. You know, talking, breaking down some of those things like uh, midday hunting and um, how to hunt in the midday, when to hunt, you know, on field edges, or when, what to do if it's raining and, and things like that. Um, and I thought you'd be the perfect guy to talk to because I know you have seen a lot of success in a lot of these areas. And, uh, and so I'm, I'm super excited about it, Joey. I'm going to start out and we're just going to talk about that. Okay. The, the midday Mm -hmm. hunting tactics and, and I already have a little bit of an idea of where you're going to go with it because I, like I said, I was watching your, um, kind of your breakdown of everything on the BHA Instagram stories, but, um, I want you to just kind of break that down for me if you can, as far as hunting in the midday. So what, what are you looking for? Like, are you going to go sit on a field in the midday? Are you going to hunt in hardwoods during the midday? What's what's the things that you're looking for during that time? So, yeah, I think uh, I think an important part of uh, you know hunting if you're going to just go and just hunt an area, period, uh, just kind of get your scouting in or just know where turkeys are. And uh, if you if you saw on the BHA Instagram stories that morning, you know I, I got in there and uh, I was able to hear birds i didn't i don't think i i don't think that morning i actually saw any birds but i heard some uh i got close but you know like i said didn't see any didn't get any opportunities but there were birds in that area and so after i'd heard them uh, fly off the roost they you know they got with their hens and they kind of moved out of the area um i kind of just made the decision there i was like well there's birds here there's birds in this area they roosted nearby uh, the habitat was around. That's another thing that we can get into later. Uh, they've got the habitat here. They don't have to go super far away, you know, throughout the day. They'll be here. So I went home and I was actually hunting some private property. I was actually hunting my private property in Middle Tennessee. So I went home, ate some breakfast, uh, kind of ran some errands till, you know, lunch, and then just ate me a sandwich. And I got my just got myself and I went back out that afternoon and I went to that exact same spot that afternoon and I was on my way in and I kind of covered a little bit of ground on my way in. I walked around the farm a bit, just trying to strike something up, calling and everything. So I finally just sat down where I, where I was that morning, sent my decoys out and I was basically kind of, you know, you know, some people call it deer hunting turkeys, but at that point, I'd covered all the ground uh, on that property and I was like, well, I can only make so many circles around this place so many times. I just will just hang out and let things get quiet and there'll be something with an earshot soon. So I hung out there and I would call every, I don't know, 15 minutes or so. And I probably was there 30, 45 minutes, an hour at most. And I heard three strike at the end of this ridge I was sitting on. And I was like, well, okay, there's birds here. And I called one more time and they gobbled again. And I kind of just, at that point, I knew there was, you know, the turkeys were there and they were on their way. So I didn't feel any need to call hardly at all anymore. So I kind of switched things over to like really soft calling and just basically painting the scenario of a, you know, a content hen or a couple of hens just in the woods, raking some leaves, you know, some purrs and soft clucks and whatnot. And just kind of painting the the picture of a, of a really calm scene. Excuse me. And so the turkeys finally started making their way down the ridge and I finally saw them. And there were three, three big gobblers and once they saw my decoys, I mean, they just dropped feathers and they ran my decoys. <laughs> and the decoys I use, the decoys I use are, uh, they're Avian X. I was using the half strut Jake and a lay down hen and a feeding hen. So the, I mean, they just barreled right into that Jake and started just whooping it immensely. I mean, they were just ganging up, beating fire out of this thing. And so I'll, I had them like set up about 20 yards away. And I'm sitting there with my gun up, and there's just chaos right in there. And I'm like, man, I just got to get one to just stick its head out to the side and just get me shot. Finally, after a couple of seconds, one finally just was off to itself, and I just popped him. 
And uh, the other two, when they finally when I got up and I started getting over there to my turkey, they finally flew off. So, but I had somebody with me who could have doubled or even tripled if the two other people were with me. Wow. But um, yeah, that was it. Just uh, it went from like pure silence, you know, to pandemonium in probably less than five minutes. That's how quickly it can happen, especially in the afternoon or any hunt for that matter. But um, it's so true, man. It was just uh. Like everything that you're saying, those, those quiet moments, I, I, I'm trying to think, um, it has been very rare. And in Alabama, I have never killed a bird first thing in the morning. I missed one first thing in the morning a couple weekends ago, but, um, like the, the bird I killed on Wednesday was almost, almost the same scenario. Now it was late. It was late morning. It wasn't quite afternoon yet, but it was one of those Mm -hmm. situations where, I found, I knew there was sign in there. I went into a brand new spot. I knew there was sign and I just kind of did exactly what you're talking about. I just did some calls every, about every 15 minutes, maybe 20 minutes. And I'd actually, mm-hmm. I, I had actually uh, almost fallen asleep. I'd kind of dozed off and, uh, <laughs> I, I was planning on leaving. I had some things I had to do. I was planning on leaving about nine o'clock and right about eight forty-five, eight fifty. I hadn't called in a while and, it woke me up the gobble did and i was like holy crap (laughs) and and he was close too he was just right i was up on top of a ridge and he was right at the bottom of it well um so i I ended up kind of working with it and and the thing that i that i've really come to learn in the last several years and it took me a while because I, i think a lot of new turkey hunters um even some who aren't new they you ruin a lot of chances by over calling you know what I'm saying? And and once you know there's mm-hmm. a bird there, mm-hmm. you don't really have to call to it that much. If he's going to come in, he's going to come in. You don't have to, you don't have to do much. Mm-hmm. Um, and the thing that I realized for me was in that I, I was able to kill that bird because I was scratching in the leaves. Like I had pretty much quit calling and mm-hmm. started just scratching in the leaves. And um, I would do just a, you know, like you said, a couple soft clucks here and there, but the scratching in the leaves is what got him curious. And, um, he ended up coming up with a hen. I, I, I learned that there was a hen with her, with him, and I, t- I guess I ticked her off bad enough, and she came up, and he came right behind her, and, uh, and and I think it was the scratching in the leaves, and just being patient. I was doing exactly what you're talking about, man. Just just basically deer hunting for turkeys, and uh, they eventually showed themselves. <laughs> and, and 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 year after year, that's pretty much what happens. I I pretty much don't ever get to hear them. You know, just, I don't ever get successful. I hear them all the time. I'm never successful when they're just hammering, you know, after every single call, first thing in the morning. Um, all my success is pretty much in the in the late morning to, to afternoon time. And so, um, mm-hmm. so man, I think, you know, that that's one thing. The reason I wanted to do this podcast is because uh, I don't hear just a ton of tactical talk when it comes to turkeys. Um, and you had mentioned that before as well. Like, a lot of, a lot of turkey hunting is just about stories and and things like that, especially in the podcast realm. And so, you know, I think there's so many times when I'm sitting down and something happens or maybe it's something doesn't happen or if it's raining or something like that, that I'm just like, okay, what do I do here? I don't know. Nobody's ever told me how to hunt turkeys in this condition or how to hunt turkeys in this type (laughs) of terrain. And so, you know, really being able to break those things down and like in this scenario, you know, it, it had to do with your most recent story, your most recent turkey kill. And uh, and it paid off because you, you used a lot of these tactics. Now, um, n- now you, so you, you kind of talked about you were you were on a point and they were up on the, I guess they were up on the tip of that point and you were a little bit further back. Um, what, what? Yeah, when I first, uh, yeah. Go ahead. Well, I'm sorry, but yeah, when I first heard those turkeys, they were on the end of this ridge. And, uh, I was, I'd been set up on, I was, I was probably a hundred yards away from them when I first heard them. And so, yeah, we were on top of the same ridge, but yeah. So, so when you're going in and you're scouting Turkey or, or maybe you're just going in for a midday sit like this, where you're just going to sit down and, and call every once in a while, what type of terrain features are you mostly looking for when you're doing that in that kind of scenario? Well, hunting that I was, like I said, it was up on top of a ridge and if you have a, an area that has a lot of ridges and hollers and things like that, a lot of topographical features, um, you try to get as high as possible. 
and for the same reason that maybe you're trying to get up as high as possible to you know make your sound carry a lot more when you're calling and trying to cover ground uh, that turkey should be up uh, a lone gobbler will probably be up on that same elevation for the opposite reason well for the same reason i mean he wants to be called and heard as well because he's looking for hens if he's by himself in the middle of the day so in my situation uh, when i said i was walking around the farm and just kind of calling every now and then you know that's what I, I was doing the same thing those turkeys were doing and i finally just ended up just setting up where you know turkeys had been earlier that day but when you're covering ground uh say you're on a large piece of public land and you i if i if i'm on a piece big piece of public i would want to try to cover as much ground as i possibly could um and just uh of my chances of hearing a bird mm-hmm. so just kind of stay up on top of those ridges and stop every hundred yards or so and call down into these big hollers and these drainages and creek bottoms and just try to make your sound as, as in a wide of area as possible. So that would be my tip for that. You know, just get stay or be in areas where you can be heard as far away as you can. Yeah. And, and I really like that parallel too. I've never, I've never heard that. It makes perfect sense, but you're getting there to call loud and, and, to let your voice or your sound carry that's why you're up high and i'm and, and typically that's what i'm doing especially during the midday but i had never really i've never really thought about it but i mean i guess it makes perfect sense because the majority of birds that i kill have been um up on on tops of ridges isn't they've never been you know I, I haven't killed a lot of birds as far as in in a creek bottom or anything like that um but it makes perfect sense that they're there because mm-hmm. they want their sound to be heard as well um, and, and it's one thing, you know, mm-hmm. I'm, I, I'm not a super, super experienced turkey hunter. Um, I've been doing it for a little while now, but you know, like I said, I still have these questions. Um, uh, I knew turkeys like to be, you know, up on the spine of a ridge or something, but I never really have thought about it in that, in that aspect. So that's, that's really a, a cool thing to, to hear you say. Um, so do you notice, do you notice turkeys kind of doing like deer do? So taking the path of least resistance as far as like a, an easier slope versus a steep slope or, um, you know, using a saddle to get from one, one point to the other. Do you notice that in turkeys as well? I've heard of that. Um, and personally, yeah, I've probably noticed some occasions where that was true, but on the other hand, and we talked about this before we started recording about, uh, I, I was calling to some turkeys down in the bottom of this holler and I was kind of up on the, the very edge of this uh, ridge and trying to get them to come up to me and on um, uh, there was a big field up there and i was in this field edge it was kind of overgrown uh the edge was and i was kind of hiding in the weeds and they had every opportunity to come up uh right up that field edge where it was nice and the grass was kind of low on in the rest of the field but on the other side of that to my right or behind me where i was sitting at was just huge deep nasty looking holler and I was thinking in my head, man, there's no way they would come up through that way when they could come <laughs> up this nice, you know, smooth transition field and uh, come right into my gun barrel. But no, sure enough, uh, they came they came up the wrong side and they got close and they busted me and I was just in the wrong position. So, but I have always heard that they're like people and that they try to come up, you know, the path of least resistance. And that does make sense. But there's just been a couple of occasions where, um, either I thought it wrong or they just decided to go down a different road that day. Yeah. And you know, I've, I've thought about it because I've been in similar situations too. Like you're talking about where I think surely they're not going to come, you know, through the, through this swamp or surely they're not going to come through this thick, you know, thicket that it'd be really hard for anybody to walk through. Um, (laughs) but, or even steep ridges, like what you're talking about. I had a situation last year where I was working this hen uh, just because I thought maybe there might be a, a gobbler with her and I was working her and working her and she was down in the bottom and I was up on top and it was like separated by a bluff. And I guess, man, at some point she got to where she was just fed up and she came up anyways. And I, don't, I still don't know how she got up because it was literally a bluff and the spot where she came up, I was not where I was expecting her to come up at. And I wonder I wonder if it has to do with the amount of like desperation that they have to get to where you're at. Um, you know, if, if those gobblers that you were talking about that you were working that day, 
if they were just, man, they were just really wanting some, um, they don't really care what they've got across. You know, I've heard that they a, a bird that's <laughs> fairly content won't um, won't cross a creek. They won't cross water. But then you hear stories of, mm-hmm. yeah, well, he he crossed the water. He was just he was looking for it. And so I wonder if it has to do with like, you know, in in that situation, how bad they how bad they want it. You know what I mean? How bad you take off the hen, or how horny you make the gobbler, whatever it is. You know, I, I wonder what it is. Um, I I don't know. Have you ever thought about that? If there's like, if it's kind of situational. I think yeah, you probably nailed it on the head. I think it's just up to them, uh, and it's just too hard for us as humans to anticipate what they're thinking. Mm-hmm. Um, I've you know similar situations. I've had turkeys jump across or jump over a fence to get to me you know, like a gate or something like that. And I've also watched one turkey pace the same 10 foot section of, uh, I call it hog wire fence, but it's mesh fence, you know, just regular cattle fence. Was and, that you uh, that posted I've that picture the other day where he wore it down to the dirt? Yeah, Dude. So this is, a, I'll, I'll try to tell this story real quick and we'll jump back into tactics. But yeah, that was cool. I was on the, I was on a friend's farm in middle Tennessee and, uh, the farm was on the edge of this road and across the road was like a couple of houses and it was at the base of this hill the houses were and so i'd heard this turkey i was hunting the farm and i heard this turkey way up on the hill and i was like well you know i'll call to him i doubt he would come to me but maybe if i call to him it'll you know get the attention of some other gobbler you know in the area that could come to me a little easier so i was calling to this turkey and just interacting with him and he made his way down the hill you know i could hear him gobbled so he's getting closer he made his way down the hill. He went through these people's yards. I could hear dogs barking at him. And <laughs> when, they, when they, he like came through, he came through their yards and their dogs were just raising cane with this thing. And I heard a car go by and I was like, oh man, he's about to get hit by a car. <laughs> and so he, he eventually makes it across the road and I see him pop out, you know, the little uh, edge of the woods that the fence was running along and he stopped there at this fence. And I was like, oh, man, he made it this far. And I had decoys out there. I think there were there were eventually other turkeys that come into the field. And so I was like, man, he's got to just fly over that fence sometime or another. He's been fired up, and, you know, everything else is out here for him. But that joker paced that piece of fence for, like, three hours straight, gobbling every now and then. <laughs> and I was like – and I was kind of out in the middle of a field. I couldn't – if I would have gotten up and tried to crawl to him, he would have – for sure seen me i just had to sit there and watch him it was the most excruciating turkey hunt i'd ever been on but that thing he paced that piece of fence for like three hours wore it down to the mud and he finally just turned around and went off to roost when it got late and i went and took pictures of the ground but that was that was insane and i, I mean it literally looks like why it looks, turkeys do what they do it looks like yeah, in i have that no picture, idea why they did that yeah and, and it looks like in that picture that somebody just took a shovel and just dug out like a line right there on the edge of that fence. Yeah. If, um, I don't know how, I guess guys can maybe people can maybe search me or something like that, yeah. flip through some pictures of mine, but I don't know how they could find her. Maybe I can repost it. I'll send it to you and you can post it. Yeah. We'll post but, it. Um, up. It had rained earlier that day. And so the ground was kind of soft and, but he just paced like so much. It just wore the grass down. He just stomped mud all, all that in that whole section of fence. It was basically high fence, turkey hunting, in the bad in the bad sense and that they they couldn't get to me they couldn't, couldn't get, get across instead so i can't get away <laughs> that's great that's great so so you know like going back to what we were talking about as far as you know how bad do they want it the thing i've noticed this time of year especially you know when they're hinned up and uh and i know every mm-hmm. region is a little bit different when they're hinned up like they are right now i have a little bit more success because I feel like it's easier to make the hen want to kick your butt than it is to make the gobbler, mm-hmm. you know, frisky, feeling frisky. So have you noticed that, you know, like I know a lot of people, whenever they hear a hen, they don't really care about trying to get that hen to come, to come in. And and for me, in my experience, that's been crucial to being successful because if you hear a hen yelp and she's mad, it's probably because she feels threatened by you. And because she's got her, mm-hmm. she's got her Tom with her. Um, and so, mm-hmm. you know, I, man, I say as much as you can piss off a hen, do it. I don't know if you've noticed the same thing. Yeah. And that's actually one of my favorite things to do 
And the, one of those reasons why it's my favorite thing to do is because that hen can just dictate on how much and how loud you need to call. Mm-hmm. Because if you think about it, she's going to tell you exactly what to say and how loud to say it. Because what you're wanting to do is mimic everything that she does. If she's cutting at you loud and just nasty, pop, 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 you know, that real rapid mm-hmm. cut, you do that exact same thing. And maybe just starting out, if you just first hear a hen just yelping, just yelp exactly like she's yelping. Even if it's just soft and you can barely hear it, do exactly what she's doing. Mm-hmm. And then if she gets agitated, let her escalate the argument. You know, you know, you don't want to be the guy that throws the first punch. Uh, you want her to throw that first punch. Yep. You know, just let her dictate what you say. That's good. Because she's going to, she'll either uh, sweet talk because you got to take her temperature just like you would take a Tom's temperature, you know, so they say. If she's not fired up and you just come out the gate with, like, real aggressive, loud calling, I mean, you'll probably scare her away. But if she, if you just hear coming through the woods, just, like, soft yelping and some clucks, and you do that same thing, and that'll at least get her to perk her ears up, mm-hmm. and then she may just escalate that. Then she'll come back with some louder stuff and you come back with the exact same thing and just keep going at it. I mean, just don't let up, but let her dictate, you know, everything that goes on. Yep. Man, that's good stuff. That's good stuff. That actually happened, uh, happened to me two days ago on Saturday. Um, I I called these birds and it was weird. They were, I was telling you about earlier, they were still on the roost at 10 o'clock and I didn't realize it. I thought I was just calling in birds and dude, I ticked this hen off and I think she thought about kicking my butt <laughs> even once she realized I was a human. Um, like the, when she came down <laughs> off the roost, dude, she just beelined it. She, I saw her fly down. She flew down to my left at about, she hit the ground probably about 40 yards from me. I watched her head basically running through the grass and then she turned and came right into my lap. It was insane. And she looked at me for a minute before she <laughs> before she decided to run off. I was like, "Come on, girl. <laughs> let's let's do this thing. If you want to throw down, we can." <laughs> but uh it was it was cool. And 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 actually it worked out just the same way as what you're talking about because there was a tom with her that was he had just come in behind me and I when he flew off and uh, I didn't see him and I I should have. He was like like 15 yards away, so no big deal. <laughs> Um, <laughs> you know, I've never killed, um, well, another thing, go ahead, I'm sorry. Uh, I was just going to say, I've never killed two birds in, in one week as far as Easterns. So that would have been a really cool mm-hmm. moment for me, but the old girl had to go off and ruin it for me. So I'm not bitter, but go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> another thing about calling to those hens, you know, those boss hens that we like to call them, even if they don't have a Tom with them, you know, just that interaction and that communication with that other hen could draw one in from you know somewhere else even Definitely. if he's not with that hen that's something i think about too because you hear i've heard every now and then that some guys as maybe a last resort like maybe you've thrown everything you could at this gobbler and he still hangs up uh some guys use a a, a fighting purr you know they get their slate call out or they they can do it on their mouth call and they just that real loud aggressive purrs mm-hmm. like two birds are fighting and that interaction with that boss hen, you know, if it escalates high enough, she's going to come in chatter and she's going to be ready to fight. So it may be something that a gobbler's anticipating mm-hmm. and can hear from some other place and come in. Oh yeah, I mean it's just a, it's just a live decoy. You know, if you've got a live decoy out there, it's mm-hmm. it's a lot better than a than a, a plastic one. And and those birds <laughs> know how to call better than I can with my mouth call. So, um, you know, I, no kidding. Anytime I can get a bird in front of me. Whether it's a hen, a jake, a gobbler. If it's a gobbler, and more than likely if it's a jake at this point in my life, it's going to be dead. But um, if I can get mm-hmm. a hen in front of me, man, that's just, even if she only stays for 30 minutes, that's 30 minutes of live decoy that I had out in front of me. Um, and, and that's you, right. Because you never know when he's just around, uh, you know, the next bend or he's just right over the edge of the ridge and you just can't see him. And that live, that live decoy mm-hmm. out there in front of you could change the game. So... Um, so dude, I want to, I want to kind of, kind of go into a completely different, um, question that I, that I have written down. And this is something that, um, I don't get to do much, uh, talking about hunting on fields. I don't get to do it a ton, 
but I have gotten to do it a little bit this year because I found one small little piece of public land that's got some open, um, uh, I think last year it was soybean, but, uh, you know, when soybean, when you get in the spring, soybean fields that are cut, they kind of grow this, uh, nice green grass in them. And, uh, and so I, I've had just a lot of questions about it cause I've never really, um, hunted field birds like this. And, um, and, and I'm trying to figure this out myself. And so I thought, let's just, let's ask Joey, cause I'm sure he has something to talk about. Um, when are you specifically, is there, I guess, let me rephrase that. Is there a specific time that you're looking to hunt on a field? Well, I'll give you an example from, uh, I went hunting yesterday and it was actually just a morning hunt and then it started raining. It stormed actually. And so the guy I was with, he kind of had a long drive back home to Kentucky. And so we just kind of called it cause we thought we were just going to be sitting, you know, in the thunderstorm all day, but the thunderstorm passed and it just started raining like kind of a steady rain. And on my way home, I saw turkeys all in the fields and I'd heard that before but it just really hit home yesterday and I'm glad we kind of brought it up today. But, uh, in any kind of rain, uh, a turkey's main, you know, weapons are their eyes and their ears. And if they're in the woods and it's raining, it's super loud in the woods. And we know that as humans and that's just amplified for a turkey. So that's half of their defense systems cut out while they're in the woods. So they'll go to these fields where they can see a lot farther away and, so any, and during any kind of rain or anything that's going on, you know, any kind of precipitation, I guess, which I guess would be rain. I don't foresee anybody hunting in a hailstorm, yeah. but, uh, <laughs> yeah, but, probably but, don't uh, do that. If you want to be safe, just don't do that. <laughs> yeah. It started lightning yesterday. And so we were, we were talking, we were talking about, you know, hey, we'll just hunt through the rain. You know, we had a blind with us and we were just going to set the blind out and try to tough it out. But, uh, it started popping lightning and uh we're like nah <laughs> maybe it's maybe it's not worth it today that i went but, um, i went after yeah. church yesterday and uh, i drove about an hour after church and i got to my spot and um and it started it started storming about an hour later so <laughs> i get there and then it kind of blows over and i was like oh man i should have just and of course i kayaked so i went through a lot of trouble to get there and a lot of trouble to get back to the boat ramp <laughs> And uh, it kind of blew over. I was like, man, I could I could just go back out there. And about that time, dude, it just opened up and started hailing and, like, popping my car and all kinds of stuff. And I'm like, yeah, mm-hmm. it's time to go home. But I, I, say, <laughs> I say that, but I've done some pretty stupid stuff to stay out in the woods, like in storms oh, and dude, we lightning. We don't have enough time today to talk about all the dumb things I've done. <laughs> just to kill a bird. To, to just try to get out in the woods, yeah. But, uh... Yeah, going back to the yeah the field thing, yeah, rain uh, would be my number one situation. If there's any kind of rain, um, obviously you want to be safe. But if it's just kind of a steady rain or a sprinkle or you know something like that, yeah, I'd hit those fields and check them out because there'll be something out there somewhere. Uh, scenario number two might be um, we were talking about earlier how you try to stay on ridge tops and you know you know hardwood hills and hollers kind of area. Um, if you don't have that, maybe you could, and if you have a piece of public or a large piece of property period that just has a lot of fields, different, you know, or smaller fields or sections of fields separated by woods, you can just kind of just, instead of staying on a ridge top and casting your sound out over the ridges and hollers, you can just kind of go up to the fields and kind of work the fields Mm -hmm. and just cast your sound out that way because your sound will carry a lot further out in the open than it would be in the hardwoods. So, you know, just kind of blind call through some of those. And um, a gobbler may be out in the out in the field anyway looking for a hen instead of trying to listen for one. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that's another situation. And then, let's see, maybe scenario number three, maybe late in the season, as the insects start getting uh, getting more populated, you know, grasshoppers or any kind of flying, any kind of flying, creepy crawly insects, mm-hmm. turkeys love those. So maybe later in the season, that's a food source. A field can be a food source. You know, they've already eaten all the acorns and any other uh, junk left over from the winter. And then all of a sudden you've got this fresh food just bouncing and flying around. So that, that could just be a possible food source later in the season. Heck yeah. That's uh and and that's one thing I've always wondered too. Like, 
as far as like, like you see turkeys out in the field and obviously they like to um you know more than more times than not if i see a gobbler out in the field he's usually strutting around trying to get himself seen and and, and all that kind of stuff um or or he's with a whole bunch of hens you know but i was actually watching uh on our most recent i'm gonna i'm gonna plug our most recent video which is the video where i killed the bird at last week <laughs> um but it, i don't know if if anybody who's who's listening to this has watched it you can see uh, we got footage of a hen who came in like super close, actually on this public land that I was talking about with the field in it. And um, and every once in a while, you'll see her, she's bobbing her head, you know, and you'll see her just like reach out and grab something with her mouth. And, you know, mm-hmm. for me, as somebody who hasn't really, you know, hunted field birds much, I'm trying to figure out, is she eating bugs? Is she eating some kind of bud that's that's being sprouted on some of these weeds or something like that? And so, from what what you're saying, it mm-hmm. kind of sounds like it's probably just bugs. She's just eating the bugs um, off of the off of those grasses. Yeah. And I've heard too, you know, and this doesn't even have to be a midday tactic, but uh, if you're going into a spot that has these fields later in the season, like, you know, the grasshoppers and everything are everywhere. Even early in the mornings, like if they come down off the roost, they may hit a field to catch uh, insects because the dew may be heavy enough that their wings are wet and they can't fly that great. Mm-hmm. And my dad uh, told me that my dad never really turkey hunted, but he was a farmer and he saw, you know, he saw stuff all the time. Yeah. And he would say, you know, he always saw turkeys, you know, out in these fields late in the spring, you know, early in the mornings, and they would be catching grasshoppers because their wings were wet. And huh. it would, it, I kind of blew it off for the longest time until I started turkey hunting. <laughs> and then it started making sense. But, yeah. uh, yeah, late in the season in the field, uh, they'll be catching bugs. Man, that's that's good stuff. Um, so going back to a little, you, what you were talking about in the rain, um, you know, a, a good time to hunt in a field would be in the rain. Is there anything else when it's raining? Is there any other kind of tactic that you see that may work better than others? So other than other than hunting in a field, um, is there anything else? You know, for me, most of the spots that I have are going to be mostly woods, you know, pine woods and uh, some hardwoods. And and so a lot of times a field just isn't an option for me. Is there any other thing that you would say to somebody like that, somebody who's in my position, as far as when it starts to rain, what would be a good a good tactic to use? Well, they don't, you know, if you don't have a field, it doesn't have to be a field. I think any open area, like maybe an old logging road or anywhere that's, you know, a lot of sunlight's hitting the ground, and just more open than some thick hardwoods. I mean, turkeys can see uh, infinitely better than we can. So I think any open area, like I said, it doesn't have to be a field, but maybe a road or just somewhere where they can see a long ways and not have anything sneak up on them. I think uh, I think that would work just as well. Yeah, and that's, man, <laughs> you said that they can see infinitely better than we can. Can you imagine how many more turkeys would die if they couldn't see <laughs> like oh if they could see like a deer i mean there's no telling we probably wouldn't have any turkeys left we wouldn't we'd have, have any we'd left. have quota hunt all the time <laughs> there's dude there's been so many times in my life i'm like why god why did you give them that one thing that i don't need them to have right now and then aside from that why do we hunt them on the freaking ground like why don't we why don't we hunt them from the tree my goodness um all right, so so we're running we're running a little bit low on time, but that's just been some really good talk. And and like I said, these things are all just things that I've, you know, things that I've thought about. Things that, you know, especially maybe some of the stuff I already knew now. But when I started several years ago, especially hunting these easterns, this was definitely some of the things that I'm like, okay, I don't I don't know what to do. I can't tell you how many times that I was so thankful that I had cell phone service because I could Google things like where to turkey hunt in the rain while it was raining and I was turkey hunting. And, um, and, and so I'm, I'm hoping that, you know, an episode like this will help a lot of guys out. So I want to, I want to run you into a scenario. Okay. Joey, I want to know what you do in this situation. I think everybody's, you know, probably a little bit different on this. Some people might, might be the same, but I think everybody might have a different approach, but this is one scenario that probably every single person who has any amount of experience of turkey hunting has, has dealt with. So Joey, mm-hmm. you, you get out of the truck one morning. It's a, it's a good day. You know, it's, um, sunny, no rain. 
um, you know, not too hot, not too cold. It's a perfect day to be out in the woods. Um, okay, it's not daylight yet, but you hear mm-hmm. a bird on the roost right before daylight. What do you do next? I want you to just kind of run me through that uh, whole situation. Okay. Um, if I'm fortunate enough to have service or if I either, you know, got on Onyx and saved an offline map, I'm going to pull up that topographical map and I'm going to try and find out where that bird is. And the next thing I'm going to do, I was like, okay, I found pretty much where he's at. And I'm going to try and just close the distance as much as I can and just sneak up on him as close as I can without him seeing me. You know, if it's still dark, it may be a little easier. If it's daylight, you might not be able to, you might not be able to get as close as you want to, but I'm going to try and get within, you know, a hundred or 150 yards of that bird and hopefully set up, you know, without him seeing me or out of sight, you know, maybe just under that ridge or just above him or just somewhere where he can't see me, but just getting that little bubble of his. And then if he has hands with him, I'm going to just kind of go back to what we were saying, talking about earlier about communicating with the hens, because if he's got a bunch of hens with him, uh, he's not going to leave those bunch of hens or he's less likely to, he's less likely to leave those bunch of hens to come to your one single hen call. And so what I'm going to do is just try to communicate with those hens and just try to get them just to come within my range. Mm -hmm. And then before I sit down, I'm going to, again, I'm going to open up my map or maybe I know the area well enough put some kind of terrain feature between myself and them to where when they do get within range or when they do finally get within range, I mean, it's, it's, it's done deal. They don't see me before they get in range, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Because maybe it's a different story. If you do have decoys and if you're fortunate enough to have time to set those up, then maybe it's a little different. Um, but, um, if you don't have any decoys and you're looking to set up as quick as you can before they fly down, I'm going to just put myself in a situation to where as soon as they're able to see where I'm at, uh, they're within shotgun range and I can just take the shot. But yeah, get, I'm going to try to close the distance, communicate with the hens, get them to me, and then uh, set myself up to where when they first see me, uh, it's, it's, uh, it's done. Okay, so, so you, you kind of mentioned distance-wise you know, you're looking at like 100, 100 to 150 yards. Let's say, let's say you got plenty of daylight or plenty of dark still. You got decent cover. Um, are you going to try to ever close the distance even more than that? Um, especially under dark, you know, do you think, do you think it, there's a, comes a point when they got start getting spooked by the noise of your feet on the leaves or anything like that? Like if you had the opportunity, are you going to close the distance to, you know, let's say within 50 yards? I think I might, you know, if it's dark enough and, uh, uh, and if it's quiet, maybe if it's cloudy or, you know, maybe it's not such a clear morning, I'm going to, I'll try to close the distance as quick as I, or as much as I can. Uh, and I'm not opposed, you know, I'm not going to shoot the turkey off the roost by any means, but as soon as his feet hits the ground, if he's within range, I'm taking the shot. So, uh, and you got to keep in mind too, often when a turkey flies off the roost, they don't just drop straight down to the ground. Mm-hmm. They'll cover 50 yards, maybe flying off of the roost. And that's another thing too. put yourself in the, you know, that situation. Hopefully they fly towards you. And that may be a reason that some guys call to them on the roost, you know, just get their attention enough to where they'll, they'll fly towards you. And Definitely. they cover a lot of distance flying off that, flying off that roost. And before they hit the ground. So, you know, kind of keep that in mind too. Yeah. You're going to, you may get within a hundred yards of them, but they may close 50 or, you know, 40 or 50, even 60 yards of that flying through the air onto the ground. Yeah. Uh, but just keep that in mind. It may just depend on the terrain. I was watching a, uh, a Penhody project video and I don't know if it was this year. It was one of those times where I was just watching YouTube and I ended up falling asleep and then I woke up and there was more, you know, videos playing. And so I don't know if this was a video from this year or last <laughs> year, um, but I was watching Dave Owens on the Penhody project and uh, there was this bird that looked like it was just about to fly into their lap, and it it went right by them. And Dave has the camera, and he just like he's not the shooter. One one of his other friends is the shooter, and he just like watches the bird with the camera fly right by him, you know, within a couple feet. Um, and they actually did end up killing that bird because once he landed, they had to you know put a sneak on him. But it it was it mm-hmm. was pretty neat, and and I've had those situations too where. 
you know, I try to close the distance a little too much. And then by the time they fly off, they're, you know, past me. I, I don't, you know, there's, mm-hmm. and, and that's a hard thing to do. Once they pass you, it's hard to catch back up, you know? And, um, I, and, and I think yeah. maybe unless you're in like a field or an open area where, you know, they have some room to see and, and, and to hear and things like that. But man, once they fly by, it's tough to get them. It's tough to catch back up to them and, and cut them off and do those kind of things. Mm-hmm. So, um, so man, like, here's my thing. I hope that everything that you just said happens to me the next time I'm in, I'm in the Turkey woods. Um, <laughs> because, <laughs> because it's going to be fresh on my mind and I'm not going to be wondering, I'm not going to be running up my, my AT&T bill using all the LTE and stuff, trying to Google all these answers to these questions. And ho- hopefully it saved <laughs> a, a, a couple other guys, you know, from, from having to do the same thing. And I, I'm going to say this with, with a lot of confidence. I doubt that I'm the only person who, um, runs up their, uh, their LTE, uh, AT&T bill during Turkey season. I know I do, man. I do it a lot. Um, <laughs> But, Bro, you got to get on that unlimited Verizon plan. That's exactly yeah. why I have it to Google uh, turkey hunting tactics in the field. <laughs> yep, man, man. I, I think uh, I think a lot a lot of hunters probably spend way too much money on unlimited everything just so that they can have the the use of their phone while they're hunting. Um, man, I know <laughs> I know it saved my butt a couple times for sure, but. Um, well, Joey, man, I, I gotta tell you, you know, uh, well, just, uh, just real quick going, you know, hitting on that, I think, uh, being on my phone and maybe, you know, you know, fiddling around on my phone keeps me from overcalling sometimes. Dude, so it, it may just help me out. Those midday hunts, man. I know exactly what you're talking about. Those, those midday hunts where it gets, starts getting hot and you're tired. You've been up all, it feels like all morning and you're trying not to call, but sometimes calling is like the highlight of those moments. So I got to say, it's a, it's a nice little blessing to have Facebook right there at your fingertips where you can, you know, kind of, kind of waste your time a little bit more. (laughs) So I understand. Yeah. It's, it's, it's sad, but yeah, Facebook has probably helped me kill a few turkeys. um, I kind of ashamed to say it, but I'm kind of not. Well, (laughs) just don't post the pictures to Facebook and Facebook and you should get along really well. Uh, Hey, that's a good, that's a good plug for go wild. Let's plug go wild right there. Go wild. Loves your turkey pictures. So, uh, but man, Joey, we really appreciate you coming on the show, buddy. I know, um, man, I know, I know a lot of people are going to really appreciate all of the, just the wisdom and the talk that you've given us. And, and, you know, I I think a lot of people are going to really appreciate, um, kind of just the candidness of this conversation. I didn't tell Joey any of any of the questions, you know, I didn't send it to him in a in a Word document or anything, so he'd t- have time to prepare. That stuff was just, um, you know, completely off off the top of his head. And and here's the deal: Joey is a good turkey hunter. So if you're listening to this and maybe you don't know who Joey is, I encourage you just to check him out. Check him out on Facebook. Joey, what's your Instagram and your Facebook handle, if you don't mind? Uh, <clears throat> Instagram, you can find me. My Instagram handle is a Reverend four three four. Um, that's my Instagram handle. Then you can find me on Facebook. I guess probably the quickest way to find me on Facebook is just, uh, go to the Southeast chapter of backcountry hunters and anglers. I'm an admin on there, uh, because I'm on, I'm on the board for the chapter and, uh, I post a lot on there every now and then. And, uh, you can find me on there just shoot me a message and I'd be happy to talk Turkey and, and, uh, share a lot of my failures with other people. <laughs> so I gotta, I gotta ask a quick question. <laughs> I've seen this on Instagram before. It's Reverend. Are you like an ordained minister or something like that? Like, where did that name come from? I, I am actually. And this, uh, yeah, quick story on that. Uh, in my fraternity, I was in the, the Alpha Gamma Rho fraternity at uh, Middle Tennessee State, and uh, it was one night during meeting. Part of our, you know, meeting ritual was, you know, saying a blessing or, you know, some kind of uh, uh, part of ritual where we needed a chaplain. And I think uh, the chaplain before had graduated or something and we were in need of a chaplain and they uh they basically asked the group they're like okay we need somebody to be chaplain who wants to do it i was like i just raised my hand like oh (laughs) i'll do it and um i guess you know i don't know they just liked the way i I spoke and everything so they just started calling me rev 
And then a couple of years later, they were like, Hey man, you know, we were all getting close to graduating. You know, some, you know, some of us were getting close to graduating and, uh, they're like, Hey man, you should get ordained so you can do our weddings, you know, one day. <laughs> and I just, I didn't think anything of it. I was like, yeah, okay, whatever. So I got online and I actually got ordained online and got paperwork and got everything else, got them a certificate, a, a wedding handbook and all this stuff. And I never thought about it anymore, but like a couple of years later, a fraternity brother called me up. We, you know, we'd been out of college a few years and uh, he was like, Hey man, I want you to do my wedding. You still got your, uh, you still got your stuff. (laughs) "Uh, Yeah, I got, I got everything. Okay. So I actually, I went down to Georgia and I did a, did my first wedding down there. And I think I've done like, I don't know, four or five weddings and, uh, everybody's still married they've all got kids so i'm batting a thousand man for weddings but, you're doing better uh, than got, me i'm kind of hung that up i'm a pastor and uh and i don't have that kind of average i've got i think i've got more divorces on my wedding uh <laughs> whatever tally than you do so that's props to you man maybe maybe you missed your calling maybe you should uh quit whatever you're doing now and just be a pastor that sounds like a good deal <laughs> I tell you, uh, the secret is to quit while you're ahead. So I, I haven't done a wedding in a couple of years, and I kind of just quit because I got tired of going to weddings. I probably wouldn't have went to anyway. <laughs> sure, yeah. Well, let me tell you, man. I, I'll tell you this about being a pastor. Um, it is it is awesome. I like I love my job. Uh, turkey season is rough because Easter falls right in the middle of turkey season, and basically, um, so our churches we have we have a pretty big church. And so we do a Friday night, a Saturday night, and then three Sunday morning services on April the, I think it's like the 19th to the 21st. And, um, oh man, yeah, that, that really puts a, puts a damper on turkey season. <laughs> I hate to say it like that. <laughs> it's not a damper. It's, it's really not a damper. Our, our Easter services are awesome. But, um, if you want to be the most committed turkey hunter in the world, probably don't be a pastor because easter is always going to be during turkey season so um, well, i'll tell you i'll tell you how how bad of a church goer i am then and i'm gonna spend uh, my easter weekend in nebraska chasing miriam's turkeys hey dude <laughs> listen that's awesome that's great um <laughs> so so you, are you doing that on public land i guess we could talk about that for half a second are you are going on like an outfitted hunt or is that a public land hunt no, it's all a DIY public land. Uh, the Nebraska National Forest is way up there in the northwest corner, and uh, there's, I think I'm, I'm looking at my desk now. I've got probably ten or a dozen uh, WMA maps uh, stacked up on here too. So it's actually, um, it's kind of funny. It's actually my bachelor party for my wedding. I'm oh, getting, ma- I'm getting married in May, and so my best man and I are headed out to Nebraska to chase Miriam's from a bachelor party. Dang it, dude. I was watching, uh, I don't know if you know who Pro Talk Outdoors is, but they're on the podcast network on Sportsman's Nation with us. And they posted a video today of Nebraska, of a hunt they did in Nebraska. And they were like, mm-hmm. <laughs> the funny thing about it was, I, I, I don't think they were on public land. I think they're on private land. But they were like, you know, we just can't get these birds to commit to anything. And then they like pan the camera to all these turkeys. I'll bet there's like 70 birds out there and they're like you know they're really just not responding to the calls and i'm like because there's freaking 65 hens that are calling right there next to them that's why they're not responding to your calls it was crazy man. yeah what good what good is one what good is one more hen gonna do them you yeah know? like okay they probably couldn't hear it over the amount of birds that were talking over there um mm-hmm. so so is man. that what you're expecting to get into when you're there in nebraska like is it like that on public land too Dude, I have no clue. <laughs> but uh, I'm, uh, I don't know. I'm just going to go in. We're going to go in with realistic expectations. Uh, it is going to be public land. Uh, I'm going to expect some pressure because every everywhere I go on the internet and type in Miriam's Nebraska, you know, Miriam's Nebraska search or whatever, uh, a lot of stuff pops up. So I'm just going to anticipate a lot of pressure and uh, just a couple quick tactics for out there. We're just going to try to get as deep as we can. And we're going to hunt a lot during the week, too, so I'm hoping yeah. that cuts down on the crowds. But I think, first and foremost, we're just going to try to get away from people. and spend. A, we're going to be out there for a week, so we'll spend a couple of days scouting and get the lay of the land and maybe locate some birds, you know, 
the first couple of days so we could get on them later. But uh, Dude, yeah, that's uh, that's, that's kind of our plan tight. for out there. That's going to be awesome. So, I'm so excited. So let me ask you this: Are you more excited about going to Nebraska or getting married? I'm just kidding. Don't answer. I'm that. not don't answering answer, that. Don't answer not that answering question. That. <laughs> <laughs> oh man well joey man we really appreciate you coming on the show buddy and uh, uh man best of luck the rest of this season and best of luck in nebraska i think you're gonna have a good time i really appreciate it yeah looking forward to the rest of the season and good luck to everybody else out there um i hope that you know everything we talked about today hits home with somebody and if one person gets a bird out of it man that, i'll be tickled to death All right, that's going to be it for this week on Southern Ground. Thanks to Joey Bell for coming on the show. We really enjoyed that conversation. Guys, I hope you got something out of it. I hope you learned something that maybe you did not know. That's what we want to do each and every week with this podcast is, uh, man, just give information. And I don't have a ton of information I can give, but I know a lot of people who are really smart and, uh, and guys like Joey who can hop on the show and share their knowledge and their wisdom, the outdoors. Um, so I hope you guys enjoyed that. It was, I know I did. It was a, a great episode, great conversation with Joey. Um, check out the YouTube channel. We got some turkey, turkey footage on there. Um, at the moment, we are sitting on, we've got one turkey kill video, mine, from uh, a couple weeks ago that's on there. That's a really fun video. And also, currently, right now, as we speak, uh, Tyler is in West Virginia hunting with the guys from Hunt Appalachia. And that is Grant Lemon and uh, Jared Schaefer. He's hunting with those guys. And I know for a fact that there's two turkeys dead already. Tyler also has film of another turkey that uh, his buddy killed when they were hunting together on some public land here in Alabama. So we got like two, maybe three, maybe even more than that if he kills more birds while he's out there that are coming up. So go and subscribe to the Sportsman's Nation YouTube channel. There's a lot of good footage, a lot of good content on there. Um, as always, huge shout out to our partners at Onyx, at New Breed, at Tethered, and at Go Wild. Check out all those companies. We believe in everything that they do. That is going to be it for today. Oh, wait. I got one more thing. Make sure that you're following us on Facebook and on Instagram. But right now on Facebook, we are doing the Gobble Butt giveaway, and it is not over yet. We got a lot of turkey calls still to give away. I've got a huge corner. Actually, I'm sitting here looking at it. I got boxes stacked up in my house full of turkey calls to give away to people so go to our facebook page that's at southern ground hunting and find out how you can win a turkey call all the way through the month of it's it's looking like it's going to go about halfway through may right now with the amount of turkey calls that i have to give away so we got man probably about a thousand dollars worth of turkey calls sitting right here that we still have to give away so go to our facebook page it's at southern ground hunting find out how you can win uh on the gobble butt giveaway it's going to be a lot of fun it's already been a lot of fun a lot of guys are already uh already Happy new owners of some really nice turkey calls. So that is going to be it, guys. Remember that God gave us dominion over the birds of the air, the fish of the sea, and the beasts of the earth. So if you're going to be in the woods this week, go out and exercise that dominion. We'll talk to you next time.